What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Cubs Live Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Malzahn, alongside co-host Mark Tallarico. Now, Mark, last time we talked, since then, there were some rumors going around the Cubs were willing to trade Chris Bryant this offseason. Now, the report came from Buster Only after writing an article. Basically, to quickly sum things up here, Buster Only took a quote from Theo at the GM meetings and said, hey, look, we're listening to any offers from anyone on the team. We don't have any locked-in players. That's protocol here. Then to follow that up, touching on Rizzo and Bryant, Theo said, quote, given what we are trying to accomplish, it would be virtually impossible to envision the deal that would make sense to move them, end quote. Now, Buster ran with Theo saying he's listening to any offer and then kind of assumed the Cubs are kind of shopping Chris Bryant this offseason. Irresponsible journalism on my part, I think. So many speculations and rumor came from that. So many headlines. I mean, people got the push notifications, were texting and calling me. I had to deal with all that. But shortly after the rumors were spread, Theo sent out a statement and basically squashed him. He said, like most organizations, we will listen to anything. But that's just an operating philosophy here. We're lucky to have some impactful players, and we are looking to add them, not subtract them. Which pretty much he shot down everything publicly, but not indirectly. I think that was the right move to do. And even Anthony Rizzo came on Twitter and he had his two cents saying, look, isn't it football season? So I made a lot of speculation, but I think at the end of the day, it was poor journalism and people ran with a poor headline. Any thoughts, Mark, on the Chris Bryant rumors? When I first saw it, I remember like I was a little like thrown off because I got one of the push notifications. I saw what he was saying. I get Ken Rosenthal's tweet sent to my phone. So I, I try to stay on top of it as much as I can. And I saw that and I was immediately I was immediately like, what in the world? And then I read the article and then I saw the, the quote where he was saying that it would be virtually impossible. So much that saying what that is saying is that is that we'll listen if you're willing to give us Mike Trout. Like that's that's basically yeah. like the way that I took it, which I'm like, all right, so they're not dealing him away. That makes sense. So I immediately I remember that just like you, we were talking, we were talking about like, hey, like this. I think like you were in the car or something. You're like, well, what's going on? I'm here in this room. Yeah. Like I let you know, I'm like, don't worry. Like, it's just some dumb rumor. It's there's no way. Like I read it and then Theo went on record and then Rizzo went on record. So it really was nothing. It was really just a very slow day in baseball, I guess. And they're like, Oh, look at this. Look at this one quote. I'm going to twist it this way and get a whole lot of clicks and become trending on Twitter for the wrong reasons. So yeah, there was, it once again was poor journalism. It frustrated me. It frustrated you. It frustrated people that really care about the facts of baseball and the facts of sports and all that kind of stuff. So it, I didn't want to pay any attention to it really. I know I was, I was sitting in my car, I was driving and I get the push notification. I look down and I didn't read it. Then I got a text from you and it comes up on my phone. So I, I read the thing on my phone and it said, you were like, Cubs trading Chris Bryant. I was like, what the heck is going on here? So you had to fill me in. I was like, oh my God, now I got to deal with this. So many of my friends were like, Cubs are trading Chris Brown. I was like, dude, I got to like, I got to park somewhere and just like tweet this out. <laughs> so I parked, tweeted out and I was like, all right, the, I read more into it. And yeah, like you said, I mean, it was a slow day in baseball and basically the Cubs are looking to, they're going to listen to any offer, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh Unless it's a Mike Trout type player, then you're actually diving into it. But uh, yeah, poor journalism. I mean, at that point, I was like, how did we even get to this point? You know, so much happened in the season. And then after the season, Chris, just just two short years ago, Chris Bryant was an MVP. Now we're making articles about the Cubs wanting to trade him in their winning window. It does not make any sense because as Cubs fans know, Chris Bryant is an impactful player. And I think anyone in baseball can say the same. Any team in the MLB would be lucky to have Chris Bryant. I mean, so 
don't read too much into that. I mean, the hot stove is the hot stove. It's going to be what it is. Rumors are going to spread, uh, especially with Harper and Machado trade. I mean, during the winter meetings and their names going to be tossed around here and there. Who knows what will actually happen? Now, I want to do a little segment where I go through the Cubs roster and Mark and I just kind of rattle off our favorite moments of those players. So you ready, Mark? Yep. All right. So we're going to start with John Lester. For me, one of my favorite moments of John Lester. There's so many, right? I mean, <laughs> it's funny. If you look back in 2015, his first month as a Cub, everybody called him a bust, right? But now three years later, it's like the greatest signing in Cubs history. Now, for me, my favorite moment, game one, 2016, NLDS versus the Giants. Eight scoreless innings to set up the postseason of a lifetime. I think he made a statement that game. And every time I look back at that game and the Javier Baez home run, it's just the perfect postseason game. And I think John Lester, like you say, big dick energy right there, right? <laughs> so, Mark, John Lester, what's your favorite moment? Or one that sticks out? That was that, when it comes to performance wise, that was actually going to be my example. So great minds think alike. But when it comes to my favorite actual John Lester moment that I love, it would have to be when he picked off was it Colton Wong? I'm not sure who it was. Tommy Pham, somebody Tommy picked Pham. off somebody. Tommy Pham. Picked off Tommy Pham after the announcers were saying, There's no way you could take a 20 foot lead. He's not gonna he's not gonna pick him off. And then immediately just threw it right over to Rizzo and he wasn't even close. I think that was a laugh out loud funny moment it wasn't like the best moment but it was against the cardinals it made the announcers look stupid i loved it i thought that, yeah. that was a great john lesser moment just staring over at tommy fam i thought that was hilarious i loved that i did too and it's crazy if we really look back john lesser has done a lot with the cubs i mean he's been their ace but before being on the cubs the biggest thing for john lesser was he couldn't pick people off and he couldn't hit Hits his first home run with the Cubs and picks a lot of people off. Not a lot of people, but more than he used to. So, John Lester, we love you as Cubs fans. Now, next guy, Wilson Contreras. For me, his first ever major league at bat. A guy that really wasn't hyped up, I would say. He comes up to the major leagues, gets a standing ovation, cranks a home run to right center field, wearing uh, the Father's Day uniforms. I mean, it was an incredible moment for at Wrigley. What about you, Mark? My excuse me, my favorite Contreras moment would probably be game four of the NLDS. I can't remember if he hit the tying, either hit the tying run in the ninth inning or the winning run. He hit something that was a big hit. Oh, yeah. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the two. It was a huge play for Contreras, and I remember that was his rookie year, and he had big moments all throughout the regular season, and I was just waiting for him to come through in the postseason, and that was his moment that he like really broke through. I Absolutely. Felt. Yeah, I love that moment, and I'll talk about that game later on because that game, game four in San Fran, was a huge game for the Cubs. Now, next guy, Albert Almora Jr. Now, for me, it was this year, September 26, 2018, versus the Pirates. Cubs blow a late lead, and it was a tough week in a really important game. And the Cubs let the lead slide. Pirates tie it up, I think, in the ninth inning. And in the tenth inning, Almora gets the job done and walks it off for a huge Cubs win. I mean, at the time, if they would have lost that, there probably would have been no 163 game. And, you know, in the 163 game, even though the Cubs lost, it's one of those games where it can go either way. So Elmora was huge coming up clutch. What about you, Mark? You're talking about games they lost. The moment that actually really sticks out with me with Elmora, which was my first, like, holy crap, this guy is an amazing outfielder, would be game three of the NLDS in 2016 when he came in as a replacement for Hayward and made that, that, uh, catch that brought the game into extras in the ninth inning 
where he dove and made the catch. And it was very clear that if he did not make that catch, the game was already over. And even though the Cubs ended up losing that game, that catch was such an insane moment. I remember he made the catch. He threw it in. Everybody was already celebrating on the Cubs that he made the catch. He was screaming, jumping up and down. That was an amazing moment for a young player. God, now I got to go back and watch all these highlights because it's, <laughs> it's giving me so much joy. Now, next guy, Kyle Schwarber. So many homers he's hit. So many memorable, you know, coming back for the World Series, uh, all the home runs. But for me, one home run that really sticks out and one that will always get me excited every single time I see it. The 2015 wildcard game, moonshot home run versus Garrett Cole into the Allegheny River. I mean, that home run was huge for me because that was really, I mean, that was their first, with the core, that was their first playoff appearance. Wildcard game, anything goes. You never know versus an in-rival, you know, in-division game, plus it being a playoff atmosphere. Cubs fan traveled well, but when you're in Pittsburgh and the Pirates are winning, it's a whole different atmosphere. And Kyle Schwarber got to Garrett Cole. I mean, the bat flip. I mean, every time Kyle Schwarber hits a home run, it's pretty. But one, just that one in the NLDS game four really stick out for me. What about you, Mark? Mine would have been the uh, the, at the shot in the Allegheny. That's a, that's a great announcer shot, too. That's a famous thing that I'll always think of. But since you brought it up, I'll say the game four where he hit it, the, the scoreboard one, where it landed yeah. on the on the on the scoreboard. That was a great one. Basically killed the Cardinals. That's the one that I always use anytime I see Cardinals fans talking any kind of crap. I just send them the gif of that video, and then they're they're quiet right right away. <laughs> but other than that one, I would say another moment against the Cardinals would be the grand slam in 2017 that gave the Cubs a lead, and that was yeah. when. The Cubs as a whole were struggling. Schwarber was doing awful, and then he came up and hit that grand slam. I think they went on to win like 5-3, to three, something like that. That was an awesome moment. Absolutely. And I know a lot of people won't see this because we're in audio, but I have the bobblehead the Cubs are giving away of the Cowboys Schwarber bomb onto the scoreboard. They gave away a bobblehead in 2016. Yeah, that was 2016. They gave it away. I went to the game, was able to get it. So every time I look at that bobblehead, but I remember that shot now. Another guy, Jason Hayward, huge offseason signing. Uh, hasn't really lived up to the hype, as most people would say, I guess, but he's done a lot of good things in Cubs uniform thus far. For me, no-brainer, walk-off grand slam, 97-mile-per-hour fastball that he's been fooled so many times in a Cubs uniform. I mean, he came up big time that game this season. That walk-off grand slam, Wrigley was electric. So many good moments, so many clutch moments from 2018, and Jason Hayward was right a part of that. Obviously, that would be my pick, but I was actually 30,000 feet in the air. I was flying to Denver when that happened, and I remember I landed, and my phone turned on. I got texts from you. I got texts from my dad, from my brother, my girlfriend, from everybody. Oh, my God, Jason Hayward. And I'm just like, what did Jason Hayward do? And then I had to watch the highlights, and I couldn't decide if I was upset that I missed it or that I was happy that there was a walk-off grand slam. So that would obviously have to be my favorite moment, even though I didn't get to witness it myself. Yeah, no, the highlights are awesome too, because you see everybody so excited in the stands. You see all the players coming out of the dugouts. It was just like, it was that Jason Hayward moment that a lot of, you know, it was his moment finally as a Cub. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, he's so well liked in the clubhouse and fans like him too, that it was good to see some success come out of him. And Hey, Look, even though we didn't mention it, the Game 7 World Series, you know, rain delay speech, that will always be a huge moment, too. Even if, even though we weren't there, all we have is uh, memories to hear about it. Now, Ian Happ, my favorite memory, um, 
spring training, the guy hit so many bombs in 2018. I mean, you you would hear Ian Happ homers, Ian Happ homered again. My 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 favorite Ian Happ moment would have been opening day home run 2018. I think you know from coming out, no matter how this 2018 after that happened for Ian Happ, I think when he came out of the gates after so much hype and the Cubs kind of had that question of who's going to be their leadoff hitter, Ian Happ stepped up to the plate. First pitch of the game goes deep. I mean, it was like a perfect setting for Ian Happ. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would have to be the moment. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think right now. That's what mine was. For those listening, Kyle and I, we didn't go through and say, okay, I'm going to say this. You're going to say this. It was just kind of spontaneous. And sometimes we're getting the same ones. And mine's the exact same. I'm trying to think of another like huge Ian Happ moment, but that's, well, there was was, some noticeable different moments, but that's the one that really sticks out for me. Yeah. There was another moment of in September of 2018, the Cubs were down. I think it was the seventh inning. Uh, they might've been playing the pirates even, uh, and he had a three run game, go ahead Homer or something like that. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was a huge home run late September of this year as well. That was huge for Ian Happ. Now, Javier Baez, there are so many highlights we can pick. So I don't know what you're going to say, but, uh, for me, September of 2017 in Milwaukee, the Cubs and Javi down to their final strike. And Baez delivers big time to tie up the game, which the Cubs go on to win from a Chris Bryant 10th inning home run. And ultimately, that game in that series, it put away the division in 2017 for the Cubs because they took the series from Milwaukee, almost swept them. And I mean, that moment when Javier Baez, it was funny too because in uh, the Wisconsin broadcast, that's where I am from. So I only could listen to the Wisconsin broadcast at the time. The pitch beforehand, Two strikes, two outs, Cubs almost done. They pan to a Brewer fan, and he's he's sitting here mouthing, it's over, it's over. And then Javier Baez, you know, hits the game-tying hit, uh, and the Cubs ultimately win. Chris Bryant comes up huge. So for you, Mark, out of all the Javier Baez moments that we could pick, which one is one of your favorites and which one stands out for you? Mine would have to be, it's actually my favorite home run in, like, baseball history. It would be 2016, NLDS, Game 1. That duel that you talked about with John Lester – Bottom of the eighth inning, Cueto with the quick pitch, wind howling in, crowd going crazy. They show Bill Murray trying to hype everybody up, and then Javi just hits an absolute moonshot. And the whole stadium thought, okay, that's on to Waveland. That's going to Lake Michigan. But the wind was so crazy, it landed in the basket. And it provided one of the best calls ever. Deep to left, you know, just going absolutely insane, screaming, and it barely goes out. And yeah. I mean, Javi watches it. He sets the bat down. He literally just jogs, and it barely went out, but it did. Cubs ended up winning one to nothing, taking that series in four games. It was a huge moment, a perfect moment for an enormous uh, postseason for Javi. Absolutely, Chris Bryant, MVP, Rookie of the Year. He's hit two walkoffs. He's made the final play to end the 108-year Cubs drought. I think those plays are obvious, right? I mean, there's so many obvious plays we could pick from Chris Bryant. But for me, kind of a little odder one would be there was a game in August of 2016, Dodger Stadium. One of my favorite games I have watched. I don't know why, but it always sticks out to me in the regular season. In the middle of KB's MVP campaign, the Cubs were down late. Bryant hits a home run to chip away in the ninth. And the Cubs ultimately tie it up in the ninth from a pass ball. Then Chris Bryant hits a go-ahead two-run homer in the 10th in L.A. to win the game. And for me, 
I think it was late August when that happened, and there he was in the midst of that MVP season yet. So th- after that moment, it was like, okay, I was I'm sold that Chris Bryant's gonna win the MVP. I mean, he hits the game tying home run late, and then he hits the go ahead homer. So it was like so many factors into that game that Chris Bryant came up clutch, and that's one game that I will always remember. Now for you, Mark, what's a moment from Chris Bryant that has stuck out for you? For me, it would pr- it would it's between two. The first one would be the Cincinnati Reds game in 2016. I remember I was disc golfing with my friends, and I remember I kept on getting updates, and I was like, "Okay, Chris Bryant hit a home- hit a home run. All right, another day. Oh, he hit another home run. Oh my gosh. Oh, and a double. And it's just all the updates coming through. I couldn't believe what was happening, and like I like cut the game short to witness the five for five with three home runs and two doubles. That was something. And then I'm pretty sure it was game six of the world series when he hit a home, he hit a home run early, he hit a home run early and pretty sure game six. And that was a moment that the Cubs won pretty handily. And that was, that was like the, that was a moment for like, okay, this is going seven. This is really yeah. going to go seven. This is going to be the biggest sports day of my life, regardless of what happens it's happening. And Chris Bryant arrived on the big stage and blew this, blew the whole thing open. Yeah. And even game five of the world series, Chris Bryant hit a home run. That's that- what it was. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Well, he hit, Did a he hit one in six, too. Yeah, he hit, and we hit one in game six. So, game five, he hits one at Wrigley. Cubs go ahead, and after that, they never trail. Mm-hmm. And so, then game six at Cleveland, I think it was a curveball because he hung it way too, way too much, and Chris Bryant just clobbered it to left field. Mm-hmm. And then, after that, obviously, like you said, I think I off the top of my head, they put up like nine or 12 runs or something like that. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, game seven, anything goes. But Chris Bryant delivered huge in the World Series, him and Rizzo both. Those two were huge in the World Series, and if you don't have those bats going, the Cubs probably don't win. So, mm-hmm. so many highlights we could have picked from Chris Bryant. I mean, I love the guy. Can't wait for him in 2019 after a disappointing 2018. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, Anthony Rizzo, Cubs captain. Now, this is really isn't really a highlight, I would say, but in 2014, Rebs vs. Cubs, Araldis Chapman throwing inside to Nate Scherholz and smiling. He waves to the Cubs dugout while doing it. Then Rizzo stepped in. And in between innings, he damn near got in a brawl with Araldis Chapman. I mean, that for me right there kind of proved that he isn't scared of anyone. He's going to stick up for his teammates, and he proved to be the Cubs captain. What about you, Mark? I swear we didn't communicate about this before, but that would be mine. That would be my moment as well. So I'm going to go with another one. I'll pick the 2017 NLDS, the respect me moment. Okay, yeah. I'll see that one because I thought that was a moment that even though – it was a bloop single with like a 25% hit probability that really wasn't hit very well or anything like that. And it was just the crazy weather and the entire series was insane from the mold at the hotel that the Washington uh, nationals were staying in to all the different kind of drama going on. But that exact moment where he's just screaming, respect me and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's our captain. That's what captains do. That would be a moment that really sticks out to me. Yeah. And like that moment right there, like you said, wasn't hit far, but it was so electric. It gave the Cubs the lead. It was that playoff atmosphere at Wrigley. Everything that goes into it made that moment so big. Now, next guy we're going to talk about, David Bodie. I'm pretty sure we're going to both have the same thing here, the walk-off grand slam. I mean, pinch hitter, two outs, ninth inning, down three runs. I mean, it was like the guy just got brought up. No one really knew about him unless you were big into the Cubs system. I knew I was huge on David Bodie in spring training of last year, but he gets called up. Comes in a big game, big spot. He delivers big time. Walk off Grand Slam. There was nothing like it. The call for Max. Uh, who called that? Uh, I'm not too sure who called it, but the call was great. I think it was 
uh man i can't remember but he was so the the call was just astonishing in the moment and him when he ripped off the jersey and man i wish i could go back to that moment because it was huge uh Mm -hmm. now mark what about you same moment that moment yeah there was another moment i remember where he he hit a game tying home run and then rizzo hit the winning home run yeah i remember that happened i was on vacation in michigan and we're kind of we're in an area where we don't really get much reception. I wasn't watching the game. It's in Michigan, so they're Detroit Tigers fans. So bless their hearts. But uh, I wasn't really able to watch the game. But I remember I was following along on my phone, and my brother was texting me like game tying home run by Bodie, and then game winning home run by Rizzo. I'm like, wait, are you serious? Like, oh my gosh. So like that yeah. was a good moment as well. But definitely the grand slam because the grand <laughs> slam. I remember like I kept the TV on, but I was like it, it wasn't looking good. Like I was getting ready for bed. I was getting my things out ready, things out for the next day. And then, like, I realized, I'm like, oh, like, it's bases loaded. Like, let's, let's just watch how this happens. And, like, I was on, I was FaceTiming someone at the time. And then, like, I go and look, and then I'm like, oh, my God, th- no way, no way. Like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, I had to, like, hang up the phone to call my dad. Like, it was one of those moments. So, yeah. And then there was another one of David Bodie. He had another walk off uh, in August, and it was just a huge moment, too. I mean, David Bodie, even though he really, maybe he struggled a little bit. I think fans need to understand that it was his first major league stint, right? And there is so much that he came through for the Cubs. He Look, the bottom of his line is he came up, he filled the void for Chris Bryant, the MVP caliber player Chris is. He did just fine. I mean, he was a plus defender. And even though, like, yeah, we he struggled batting pitchers came on to him. I mean, he came up clutch a few times for the Cubs. So I'm excited for him to work in the offseason as well. Uh, I mean, because – in reality, I think he'll make the opening day roster. I don't know why not. He wouldn't. But, uh, I mean, he there's a lot to grow off in that 2018 season. And I really like David Bodie. And I'm not too sure how the Cubs are going to use him. I know Madden has talked about uh, giving him some outfield reps. So it will for sure be interesting. Now, let's go to another pitcher, Kyle Hendricks. Game 6, 2016 NLCS versus the Dodgers. Pitched such a masterpiece. Biggest Cubs game leading up to that moment absolutely shelled the Dodgers and absolutely he actually outdueled Kershaw too which was huge too Cubs clinched the NLCS they win the pennant uh just a huge moment I was at Wrigley at that moment crazy atmosphere crazy game uh, a game I will never forget and Kyle Hendricks young pitcher young stud that year as well came through biggest time for the Cubs now Mark gotta tell me man Kyle Hendricks yeah, the same thing. That's my I'm not even going to mention another one because that's my favorite that's my favorite pitching performance that I've ever seen. That's one of the best pitching performances ever. The entire game, the Dodgers didn't even have a single runner, a single person in scoring position. They didn't allow the Cubs, they didn't allow the Dodgers to make it to second base the whole game. That's really? how in control Hendricks was. Yeah, the, I didn't there wasn't Look back at it. There, wasn't a, there were like two hits, something like wow. that. There were nobody made it to second base. There wasn't That's a single crazy. threat. There wasn't a single threat the entire game, and Hendricks was just in complete control. And I remember, like, I was, I was, I was pretty bummed when he got taken out in the uh, in the eighth inning eighth, after that. Yeah. It was a cheap hit again, and yeah. I wanted him to close it out. But I mean, that was an absolutely amazing game. I remember as he's walking off, like Javi's like pointing at his jersey and like flaring it up and everything, like standing ovation. Biggest moment in Cubs history at the time, and he came out and. You can't see any emotion on his face, but he's a cold-blooded killer. The dude's a psycho. I love him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy, though, because I – you know, Mark, you just told me something I never knew. I knew Hendricks pitched well. He dueled. 
outdueled him. There was only a few hits let up because I was at Wrigley. Went to a pizza shop down there, probably a block away from Wrigley. Uh, got there early, watched the game. Seventh inning stretch happens, and we walked down to Wrigley. So seventh inning stretch to eighth inning when he got pulled, I was walking to Wrigley. Then all of a sudden you hear the boos, and then you hear the claps. So I knew Hendricks was coming out, and we had uh, a lot of people had the game on their phones, and we also were listening to it on the radio. Uh, and then ultimately when we got up to Wrigley, uh, the claps were going, and then in comes Araldis Chapman, found a TV right outside the stadium. Raldis Chapman comes in, the rest is history, double play, everybody celebrates, fans go crazy, pack the streets. It was a huge moment. But yeah, I remember just in that moment, I remember walking down to Wrigley, everybody booing, so I didn't know what happened. Turn on the radio, somebody had the phone, I was like, what's happening? And because after the seventh inning stretch, when we went and they were taking take me out to the ball game, we're like, we got to go to Wrigley now. They're, the Cubs are going to the World Series. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's crazy because I, I can still envision those boos and then the cheers and then somebody saying they took Hendricks out. So I was super bummed, but crazy. He outdueled Kershaw, young stud. What more can he ask for? So we talked about our favorite moments for the players. Let's go to favorite Cubs moment in the playoffs the past four years outside of the World Series. For me, we already said it, game four, 2016 NLDS, the Cubs come back versus the Giants, ninth inning, to beat them, clinch their NLCS ticket. But, I mean, Mark, it was kind of like that game right there, that inning on the biggest stage in the playoffs. Everybody's watching. It's a night game. It was like everything that they did in the I mean, in the regular season happened in that game. They never quit. The team never quits, and that's kind of been their mode of the past few years. So they come back in the game four. I mean, Mark, if the Cubs, the Cubs were actually so close to losing that game, and then you ultimately have a winner takes all facing Cueto at Wrigley. Anything could have happened. So getting that win in San Fran to lock the NLC of NLCS berth was super key because look, you go to game five, Cueto starts. I'm assuming John Lester would have started that game, or maybe even John Lackey. I'm not too sure how things were posting up, but I mean, the Cubs could have lost and everything else could have been, you know shot down but they win that game for they go to the nlcs versus the dodgers huge moment i mean they never quit so mark what's your favorite cubs moment in the playoffs the past four years outside of the world series because me and you could easily agree on game seven i mean that's such like a cliche answer but i want to know a moment for you that was like really cool that would have been that would have obviously been it because that that comeback was insane um, that would have been it. And then I would, pr- I'll probably go with the wild card because the wild yeah. card in 2015, because obviously, I mean, the NLDS was awesome, but we, the Cubs weren't really in a spot where it was like, Oh, do or die. Like if we lose this one, we're, we're really in trouble. Like, no, we have another game, but with the wild card, I mean, it was a do or die situation. And I remember all the smack talk leading up to it. Jake Arrieta being an absolute savage on Twitter, just calling out fans, telling them to be as loud as possible, and then just being in complete control the whole game. A nine-inning shutout, really no true threats, and that was at the time where Jake Arrieta was he was the best pitcher that I've ever seen. I mean, I wasn't able to watch much of DeGrom this year. Respect to him. I think, I think he should have won the MVP straight up, but I'm glad he won the Cy Young, very well-deserving. But Jake Arrieta was just such a stud. I remember I was – I was un- it was unbelievable how confident I was going into that game. Like I remember people were like it's the wild card like the Pirates they almost won like 100 games like they're they're good. They're a good team, you know, and I'm just like doesn't matter. Jake Arrieta's pitching. Cubs are going to win. And they did. 
Fowler came up huge. Schwarber hit the bomb, and you know that was that's a moment that I'll always remember. That's a mo- yeah, I yeah. find myself going back to that game and watching those highlights a lot. Yeah, and I love it too because when you look back, who caught the final out of that game was Starlin Castro, and I wanted the Cubs to win so bad in 2015 because we knew that maybe the Starlin Castro days in Chicago were kind of turning a little bit. So I just wanted Starling Castro to get a ring with the Cubs who was there from day one of the rebuild and kind of got the, you know, the bad part of the stick maybe for say, but the wild card game for me was huge too. It was the first experience of playoff baseball in a very long time for the Cubs with the right group. So, I mean, man, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Cause Jake, Jake Arrieta was damn near unhittable. You know, no one could really hit him at all. I mean, every time he went in, our favorite thing to say as Cubs fans was, "Hey, look, it's Jake Day." You know, like <laughs> yeah. I loved, I loved Jake Days uh, in 2015 and 16. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy. We've never seen someone be that dominant before in 2015. The second half, it was crazy. Now, all right, Mark, we talked about the players. We talked about our favorite moments in the postseason. Let's switch it up a little bit here. One player quickly outside of Harper and Machado, you would want the Cubs to get for me. I want a backup catcher. I've said it a lot. I want a guy like Jonathan Lucroy, two-year deal, super low end. Do not overpay for him. Guy who's going to be reliable, adds a little veteranship on the team. And then also, man, one pitcher that hasn't really had the success he should have. I really like watching him. I really like his game. I really love the passion that he brings to a team. I really wanted Marcus Stroman to be a Cub. And obviously – he, he hasn't been that ace-type caliber, but, man, what he could bring to a young Cubs team because he's young himself, just the passion. It's just like Pedro Strope. He lays it all on the line, his heart on the line, heart doesn't – or HDMH. I mean, his, his motto is so great, and if he was on the Cubs, it would just bring fire on that mound. Mark, for you, what's one player outside of Harper and Machado you would like to see the Cubs get? Well – I would love to see them retain Jesse Chavez. I'll come out and say that right now. That just hit from that just hit me that the Cubs don't have him and he is I mean, he's as loyal as they come. I would love for the Cubs to bring him back for a year or two. Um, but outside of pitchers, because I I think the Cubs are pretty solid pitcher wise. I hear a lot of people are talking about, oh, the Cubs need to do this, they need to do this. They have like eight pitchers that could be on the rotation, and they have a pretty solid bullpen that they're bringing back most of the guys. So unless it's Jesse Chavez, I'm not gonna worry about pitchers too much. But another player that I've seen linked to the Cubs, and obviously he isn't the same MVP caliber player. He's getting older, and he isn't that great. But I think that he could be a great presence in the locker room, and I think he could be a great presence. Just he'd get along well with Bryant and Rizzo and all those guys. I think it'd be you would have to be Andrew McCutcheon. I think that he isn't going to cost as much as he would have three, four years ago. Um, I think that. up and he could kind of take over for Ben Zobris after he leaves next year. Absolutely. Andrew McCutcheon, there's been some talk about, you know, what he could bring to the Cubs. Just, uh, you know, no rumors, but just the beat writers ourselves uh, just writing about it. And he's interesting too. Who knows what he could bring? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, Mark? This conversation has brought me to, I'm going to go on YouTube and just look at highlights the <sighs> next few hours of the 2015, 16, 17, 18 Cubs, because I want baseball back. I want baseball back so quick, but we're so far away yet. But each day, baseball comes a little sooner, 
winter meeting is going to start up here in the next month. So things are for sure going to get heated up. Baseball starts pitchers and catchers report what in February. So we're only about three, three ish months away. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mark, I want to thank you so much for, uh, sticking with the podcast, being my co-host. It's so much fun talking Cubs and man, we just had a blast talking to, you know, mm-hmm. reminiscing on the Cubs. Absolutely. So for myself, host Kyle Malzahn and co-host Mark Tallarico, we thank you guys for listening and go Cubs.